Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are. This is Cindy Ashline from Slingerlands, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show. I hope that you will be inspired by what you hear today. Cal Davis, Lewiston, Maine. Howdy, y'all. This is terrific Tanya Heathcote from the beautiful state of Tennessee, wishing you better brain health. Hey, everybody. Green Mays, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. Rick and I live in Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. This is Cheryl from Hawaii. Hello, everybody. This is Agnes Talley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're the home of the dogwood tree with its beautiful white flowers in the spring of the year. And finally, aloha. Sol here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marsha's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. I think as we kick off the class, the opening quote to chapter 3 is rather poignant. Your true value depends entirely on what you are compared with Bob Wells. Your true value. Folks, one of the biggest sources of worth decay, one of the biggest ways to feel worth diminish is when I am foolish enough to compare myself to someone else. Why do I say that? When I compare myself to others, I become envious of what they have. Instead of looking at what I have now and being grateful and in the moment for what I have now. Because that kind of perspective breeds that thought process. So if I'm looking at somebody else, I'm looking at it in a positive light. Now I can help other people who are going through this. And I can be a confidant for another person. So instead of becoming enveloped and self-absorbed, now I can help other people who are grieving. Am I hearing you correctly, Chris, that one of the reasons why it's unwise to compare yourself with others is it leads you down a path of blindness to compassion. When you stop comparing, you become more compassionate. 
if I keep comparing myself to others that I may never get where I want to go because I'm completely focused on the outside instead of what I need to change on the inside. Perfect. And folks, you're going to find that sometimes you might think I'm just being really anal retentive when it comes to words being used. And the reason why I'm really anal retentive is, to me, words are powerful tools. They're powerful, powerful tools. For example, when I hear someone start out, I feel, in my mind, unless I hear an actual feeling after the word feel, it's telling me that you're actually thinking. For example, I feel today was a good day. That was a thought, not a feeling. I feel happy that today is a good day. That was a feeling. And the reason why I'm pointing this out is, Marsha, did we ever talk about that whole analyzer versus explore didactic? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Many times. I'm starting now to really focus more on my feelings. So I practice. Anytime I say I feel, I practice putting that feeling behind that word because it really tells me and it makes me feel. It makes me feel something. And I think that it's been so long for me since I've actually focused on how I'm feeling about things that it's a new habit for me now. I start saying the feeling word. Whenever I say that word, feel. Whenever I use that word, feel. It makes it's, a huge difference. It does. And folks, it's key because right now there's still a heavy analyzer energy happening in here. And it's justifiably so because as we think about our stuff, what we see, what we dust, what we polish, what we have stored in boxes, when we think about our skills and what it produces, money, respect, It's easy to get into analyzer mode here. And so as I keep dripping water on your Explorer, it's kind of the Explorer's out there in that marathon, and here's another water bottle. Go for it. (laughs) Um, As we get into that Explorer mode, especially now, the opening quote, your true value depends entirely on what you're compared with. Here's an insidious, aspect. Here's a yucky aspect of comparison, the comparison monster. And I'll put it with something that just happened the other day. I went out for a long extended walk, beautiful day, couldn't help myself, did about an eight mile walk, all said and done, got home, had dinner. And after I had dinner, I stood up to go clean my dishes and my feet went, ouch! And I'm like, What the hell's that all about? That's never happened before. I compared who I was in that instant to who I have been. My feet have never hurt me that bad. And I realized, well, at 55, yes, your feet might just hurt after an eight-mile walk. But I started comparing myself to myself, and that wasn't fair. Who's got a story of a time They had a rude awakening when they started comparing who they are in that moment to who they were. Oh, I have a good story. 
last year about this time, my daughter Miley got a bunch of her friends together and a bunch of her adults together for a soccer game. And <laughs> I've been playing soccer with my kids for the better part of 15 years. And I've always had no problem keeping up to them. No problem whatsoever. And I was very proud of that. To keep up to my kids, even in my 40s. That was my story. <laughs> we went out to play soccer on the pitch on a Sunday afternoon, glorious day, just like today in Minnesota. And we got out there, and about 15 minutes into play, my right thigh, I tore the muscle in my right thigh. One of the most painful things you can do. I'm like, no! So I kind of suck it up and and, and keep going. (laughs) Finally, I said, guys, I got to go play goalie because I just can't run. And right there on the spot, my son looks at me and goes, oh, yeah, Dad, yeah. You can keep up to your kids even in your 40s, can't you? Oh, ouch. <laughs> that was brilliant, but an interesting awakening. It's like, yeah, not so long when you're sitting on your teeth in that high-backed office chair, though, that many hours a week. <laughs> yep, that's a good comparison monster story. In the quick little chapter overview that I asked you all to listen to before today's class, I talk about this notion of the comparison monster. And it's very easy to compare myself with someone or something else. It's worse when I compare myself with who I was. One of the number one issues around worth decay is the aging process has a subtle way of going, yeah, you're 55 now, and what you used to be able to do when you were 25, you might be able to continue to do again at 55, but there could also be an ambulance ride involved as well. Yes, I do have a story that goes with that. Over the course of time, I've lost my ability to walk, and now I'm gaining it back. And the reason why I'm gaining it back because I've got a new reason for fighting. I didn't have. I looked into my inner self and realized that I'd given up. And I just can't let that happen because if I do, then that means I won't walk the rest of my life. So being that said, this is what this class has brought to me, a new ability and a way, and I have people backing me that will say, great job now, as where most of my life I didn't have that. And that's what I'm so appreciative of this call and the people that are on here. I've had extensive talks with Cheryl and different people on here, and it's really changed me. And so that's my monster story. I've really changed from being afraid of my shadow to getting right out there and saying what I feel. Wow. That is awesome. The moment I came back to Boston from South Carolina, I have always had a job or some kind of income coming in. And when I got to Boston and it was like futile in putting in applications and trying to land a job, I just felt so worthless. And I was comparing myself to myself, what I had as compared to what I don't have now. And that was really a form of worth decay that I battled with. So... I know that feeling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's not a good feeling. (laughs) 
Since this class, it has shown me a really different perspective and way of looking at my worth, unlike any other time that I have been working from home. It's this class right now that has made me feel my worth as compared to just know my worth. It's made a big difference. I agree, Masha. That's awesome. I've got the same thing out of it. It's really ironic, but... I've got that same exact thing out of that. It's changed my whole perspective on my life entirely. I was ready to throw the towel in, and now it's like I've got another whole different perspective. Well, that's something that even Agnes is helping us come to terms with is a perspective. Agnes, your thoughts and your sharing and your struggles with how, as you were looking at your stuff in Chapter 1, one of the things you were looking at was your piano. And then in Chapter 2, it became abundantly aware for you that while you have that skill of being able to play the piano because of your physical condition, that skill of playing the piano now is a wonderful memory, but it's also a memory that also causes pain because you're comparing who you were with who you are. The reason why I wanted to use that as an example is because part of our methodology in Chapter 3 Yes, it's one method to unleash our potential by finding someone who's already done what we're doing or we want to do, right? I mean, that's a classic way of waking up to our skills is finding a teacher, finding a mentor who's already doing or has done what we want to do. That's pretty classic. True? True. I got one true out of eight. Anybody else yes. want to affirm that? You're absolutely right, brother. Yes. Yes, absolutely. What's the flaw in that methodology? Oh, There's still another level to it in that, for me, I have to find my own path. I can get instruction and I can get guidance from somebody who's doing similar to my path, but I was born and made completely unique. And if I'm really going to step into all of my worth, I have to be open to kind of like an internal divine inspiration. Oh, David, you blow my mind. That's greatness. Wow. Greatness. Brilliant. Bingo. Yeah. That's right. This is the perfect segue into discussing the importance of as we seek out those who we wish to be taught by is to recognize what skills we bring to the table, what talents we bring to the table, to be firmly aware of them, take stock. Just like a business owner who has a store, they have to do inventory. They need to know what's on the shelves, what needs to be ordered, what's not selling, what needs to get rid of, right? You need to be conscious of your stock, true? True. If I'm not conscious of who I am and what I have, and I come across a person who I think is a very powerful person, for whatever reason, to me, they are a powerful person. They possess everything that I'm looking to become. And because I have this starry-eyed, oh, they're so powerful, 
But because I don't know who I am or I don't know what I bring to the table, I'm heavily influenced because I'm giving that person a lot of deference. That person may start teaching me in a way that does not allow me to be me. And it's not their fault because I didn't show up being me. Did that make any sense? Certainly does. Yes. Yes, it does. Extrapolate. What am I doing here? Trying to get us to reach deeper inside of ourselves. That's what I believe that you're doing. Done That's that. part of it. That's what? part of it. That's part mm-hmm. of it. Yes, I know. I like that. Thank you, soul. But more importantly, there's something that is key to our journey at this point. Ownership. Yes. Taking responsibility for your life. Yeah. I'm straight soul. Took the words right out of my mouth. No matter what happens to David, no matter what happens to Rick or Cheryl, no matter what happens to Cindy or Marsha or Tonya or Chris or Carl, no matter what happens to Soul, no matter what happens to any of us on this journey, if I own my journey, ladies and gentlemen, that means no matter what happens, I have to continue on with my journey, true or false. True. Very true. True. What am I doing here? Taking responsibility. I've always called that being grounded in yourself. Yes. Good example, Rick. Good example. Is it fair to say, Rick, that when you are, your level of worth is so deeply rooted that all hell could break loose, but your sense of worth remains centered? Yes, and my sense of worth is very centered. Thank you. I'm overweight now, and when I was younger, I was not overweight. I didn't have any weight problems, and now, because I'm overweight, I don't feel as pretty as I used to feel when I was younger. And I'm also not in as good of health anymore as well. And now that you're aware of what's happening, how is that influencing your choices? I'm trying to eat better. I'm on a vegetarian, mostly vegan diet now. I'm also doing it for the animals, too, though. For sure, that's a big part of it. So there's two reasons why I'm doing what I do to change my diet. So you, along with Carl, helped frame our next topic. And that topic, (laughs) potential. Is it safe to say, Cindy, Carl, Something inside of you said that, yes, you are faced with these following road bumps, but there's something else inside you. There's a potential inside you that you no longer want to ignore. Oh, yes. My faith, believing that I'm going to be able to start feeling better. I'm determined. I have a determination. And my faith in God, my spirituality, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to accept these limitations anymore. That's how I feel. Bingo. Yes. Bingo. I feel people resonating on that. Who else? I do believe that because I've lost so much of my abilities to walk and 
Why? Because mentally, I wasn't in the game. Mentally, I didn't want to stay walking. I wanted the attention. And then after I got to where I was and I couldn't walk anymore, or very little, 10, 20 minutes, whatever, half an hour, it's like, oh, my God, a reality set in. And I did it. And so yeah. now it changed my whole way of thinking. This class has changed my whole way of thinking. The philosophies that come across make me not want to give up and make me want to try harder. And so that's what I'm getting out of the class. Marsha, you blogged something about your potential that blew me away. Do you mind sharing what you blogged about? <laughs> Every experience I have ever had in life, I see now is a skill that I learned because in every experience I had a new situation to deal with or a situation that I had to deal with and it forced me to deal with it. It forced me to learn or add a skill level to that situation that I had to deal with. So that was a great aha moment. I I'm living life, and life will throw hurdles at me, but I will go on. I do not stop living, ever. And so instead of feeling sad that you had all these, quote, debits, or what you thought were debits or withdrawals from your wisdom bank, you began to realize that it was Actually, the opposite. It was credits. It was deposits into your wisdom bank, right? Yes, absolutely. And in that moment where that clicked, could you share how you felt? I felt fantastic. I felt as if, wow, I really do have a lot of worth that I have deposited. So just life's experiences has helped me to grow. And it's only because of this class that I'm seeing that those life experiences mean something. They were my deposits into my wisdom bank. I have this wisdom that nobody can take away from me because I went through it. Bingo. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Did I say bingo? We have a bingo winner here. (laughs) Folks. Feel that for a moment. Everything that's happened to me, everything that's happened to you, everything that's happened to anybody else, when we learn from it, we cannot fail. True or false? 100% true. So true. True, very true. You can't get it wrong and you're never going to get it all done. So, wrap it on and have some fun. Additionally, are you beginning to tap into a wellspring of energy, a passion that is completely independent of a cheerleader? And what I mean by that is many programs that I've encountered, oh, I've got the daily little email rah-rah, I've got the weekly rah-rah, I've got the monthly rah-rah, I've got all these rah-rahs. Keep going, rah, rah, shish, kum, bam, get those pom-poms out. Go, soul, you're doing a great job, rah, rah, rah. 
And then if I don't have the rah-rah, part of me is like, oh, am I supposed to be doing this? Right? Right. You need to be your own cheerleaders, ladies and gentlemen. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Yes, what Inside Out is all about. So as we get into Chapter 3 and we start tapping into potential, potential, what's your potential? And being mindful that our potential changes every minute of every day, period. So my passion is to help you understand that as we tap into our potential, what's your big dream? Who has heard of this term before? Marsha, you may have heard this before in your other program, but it's called a mega goal. Who has heard of this concept called a mega goal? Anybody? In, in different ways, I've heard it called a big, hairy, scary goal. That? Yeah, okay. You Share know, what the definition of that. Okay, well, it's something that I've experienced it this way for myself. When I discovered how to stop the chatter inside of my own brain, stop that ego, stop that noise, stop that chatter inside of myself and get at peace, that something bubbled up in me. Something that was like, you know, at first it was just a feeling of, oh, there's something big coming. And then that turned into some thoughts of, oh, I could help a lot of people. And then it became, how would I do that? What does it look like? What does it feel like? And I had this vision of being on the road, teaching and training and helping uh, 200 days a year and loving every minute of it, being in a different town every week and, and just really loving myself and loving people. I thought to myself, whoa, my, the first, oh, ego came back quick. Oh, you can't do that. You can't afford to. <laughs> and I realized, oh, if I'm going to realize that dream, it's bigger than me. It's so much bigger than me that it's a little scary to even consider it. It means I'll have to ask for help. It means I'll have to learn skills I don't even know yet. It means that I'll have to ask for the support of other people. But the result, David, from what I'm hearing, is for you that reality that what you're doing is going to ripple out and affect more lives than you even can imagine is yeah. what is the bottomless wellspring of energy. True? Yes. It's a bottomless wellspring of energy. It's fueled by something that is unexplainable. It's that part of me that was me before I entered my earth suit, the part of me that never changes as I roll through life in this earth suit, and it's the part of me that's going to exit when my earth suit is used up. Ladies and gentlemen, this chapter is helping you become aware. A, what is your passion? B, who shares those passions? Who has similar passions? C, is whoever has those same passions that I have and they are accomplishing what I wish to accomplish, is there an alignment in our philosophies? Is there a respect that I can be their teacher too? Why do I say that last part? Anybody? Who wants to take a stab at that? Rick, why do I say it's important to me that my teachers are equally comfortable in being a student of mine. 
I think those are their only real teachers, the way you put it. That's how you find a real teacher, if they actually look to their students for knowledge. Very true. However, if we take the current, quote, social media model, oh, no, you're supposed to bow down to those who are making seven digits every 45 minutes, and you do what they tell you to do, regardless of what you think of them or yourself. I've never met anyone that I've idolized or anything like that. So I've met some of the greatest surgeons in the world, and I just treated them just the same as I treat the box boy. So I don't understand that mentality at all. I've never had that. I've met Elizabeth Taylor. I've met Bob Dylan, all kinds of people. So, Rick, the point you're making and the point I want to bring across as we get into Chapter 3 and you start contacting people, contacting people who you sense has the big hairy scary dream or passion, has the big vision, has the big goal. Chapter three is about what's your big goal? What is a goal that if you accomplished, let's say there were a hundred steps of that goal and you accomplished 0.1% of the first step of that goal, you would feel that you've lived an amazing life. That's what I mean by a big, hairy, scary, bodacious goal or dream. Because it's that level, ladies and gentlemen, is where I sense the divine calls us to wake up to. Thoughts on that last statement? My own experience is that what I feel is my mission is almost unspeakable and so big. Some of that was inspired by Terrific Tanya. Yes. As you get in touch with your divine purpose, Tanya. Yes. Do you discover that there is a wellspring of energy that's non-depletable? Yes. Yes. In fact, the wellspring is so fantastic. It's much like I told David yesterday that I felt like I could burst forth in a rainbow of kundalini colors. Mm. (laughs) And I found yesterday what I did that really was on purpose for me. I was in touch with what I want to do for the rest of my life. I was by myself walking around walking around a neighboring town, and I had my laptop with me and pretty much the rest of my office with me. And I just felt so abundantly good. I mean, it was indescribable. I was so incredibly happy all day long, and and I know that that's the direction my life is going in. Ego did step up for a millisecond (laughs) and say, yeah, but how are you going to get the money to do this? Because I realized that what I want to do is I want to lead the foundation. I want to run National Seizure Disorders Foundation while I travel. And I can easily do that on foot in the night in motel rooms or whatever's comfortable. It's like I knew that being a minimalist and being the leader of the largest, most people-friendly seizure disorders foundation on the planet, 
those are both in my future. Those are both what I was born to do. Now you're was, stepping into it. Yes. Yes. So we're flipping, Tonya, stick with this. Tonya, yes. we're flipping the comparison monster into the comparison angel. Yes. You're comparing yourself with who you are now with what you feel driven to be. True? Yes. <laughs> That's exciting. Yes, That is. to me is exciting. I mean, Tonya, David, Chris, Rick, Cindy, Cheryl, Agnes, Carl, you're combined potential in team seekers the theme here that makes me just unbelievably happy is your dedication to be of service wow since i've been in this class i have realized so much about life and the paradoxes and it's amazing because I think that's what was missing for myself before, is that I didn't look at the other perspectives. I only saw things from one view. And then I realized, wow, it's okay to be selfish and love myself. In fact, if I'm not a little selfish with myself, then I really can't truly love another person. It's okay to put myself first and let the divine come out and go for it. Go for what I want in my life. And I never saw it that way before because, hey, I always thought that it's better to give than to receive oh. and that if I did receive, I was being selfish, and that's so strange to think of it that way now because I see so many paradoxes in life now that just are not the truth for me anymore. Wow, Masha. Mind-blowing. It has me too, and I think it has everybody here on this call. They have found their inner self. Deep within, hiding, afraid to come out. And then all of a sudden, I see that you're doing the same thing, and I think that most everybody on here is allowing us to bridge that gap that society puts on us. Society puts on us a lot of expectations, false expectations, and what have you. And my way of thinking is, it's all just brainwashing. That's what it is. They, oh, yeah. They teach you how to think, and that's not how it is. It's how you're supposed to think internally, mentally. I believe that when I first realized that, it was such an eye-opener for me because I felt, I actually felt free, and I felt that, feeling of the divine coming forth and saying, go for it. Do something. Do something grand. Get what you need to get. 
it wasn't coming from ego. It was coming from the divine. I could feel it. So it was wonderful to actually get over that, that idea that I have no right to ask for help. I have no right to do any of that. And I'm glad I got through it. <laughs> what it did was it opened me up to receiving. It opened me up to being in that receiving end. Because I put the ego aside and I let the divine come through. And honestly, it was a wonderful feeling. It's because of this class that I started feeling that way. So the fact of the matter is we're beginning to see our fictions. True or false? True. 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 So this month, month number four, you're now a quarter of a way on your journey that we have started. Time to recognize what are your facts. And one way that we can look at those facts is begin to look at people who have, in fact, accomplished or are accomplishing what you wish to do. Balanced, balanced with your own facts. And number one key fact that I will continue to possibly be a hemorrhoid about is there is no one out there identical to you or me. I decline clients regularly because they're looking for me to give them the magic bullet, the big quick fix, the wave my magic wand and bing, okay, now I'm great because Soul Dancer did blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, you don't. (laughs) 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 Wrong answer. Not happening. I mean, this may sound a bit weird, but quite frankly, if tomorrow you all of a sudden saw on Google and MSNBC and God knows everywhere that Soul Dancer was found, blah, 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 just because some troll started something that was a complete lie, and now because it got repeated so many times, it turns into what looks like the truth. Gee, that's never happened before. No. <laughs> Not at all. The work that you're doing is independent of me. It's yours. And when I find teachers who seem to think that I need to give them all sorts of accolades and I need to demure and I need to quote them in every other word that I say, I run from those people. Their egos need too much feeding. You and I have had this comment once or twice before, I think, Marcia, about the fact that you were, I think early on in your first few weeks of Pay Me What I'm Worth, I noticed you were attributing quite a few things to me in your tweets, and I said, mm-mm, no, no. Get your own thoughts. Those are mine. <laughs> exactly. A lot of wheels turning in our last few minutes. What are some of the bigger cranks that got turned tonight? One that for me is the biggest crank, the biggest aha, is this. What personal responsibility means is I'm 100% responsible for one very, very important thing, that innermost part of who I really am and nurturing that and getting quiet enough to listen. I found that I gained something that I never thought I'd ever have, and that's my own inner self. That's what I'm beginning to pull out of myself is 
my inner self. I never realized that there was another whole being there. And now I found another whole being, and I've found a whole bunch of other different beings. As each one of us are transforming, find different beings and different ways of thinking. And that's really great to bring that to the table, everybody that's bringing their philosophies. So keep bringing them on. I love it. Carl, may I offer a different perspective to what you just shared? Sure. I humbly request you allow the other being that you have discovered inside you to float to the surface versus being pulled to the surface. Oh, yes. Thank you. Float like a cork. Yes, I never realized that. Thank you. It's always been there. But as we discover facts and fictions, you're going to find out that person that's inside you has already been there, but was just waiting for you to go, oh, hello. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. I guess my biggest thought today, and from one of your posts that you put that we were to listen to your audio the other day, it really opened my eyes to that I have always known inside that there's somebody in there knocking on the door wanting to come out that is a very strong person and has a lot to contribute to society and everything, but I've always been too scared. And listening to your audio, I realized why I never went for my dreams, and it was fear, absolute Mm. fear. And it's just, I started thinking about it, well, why have I never gone for it? And every time I, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? So fear has absolutely ruled my going for it. Now that I realize this and everything, I'm going to really work on getting rid of that fear, going for it instead of just sitting there. It's going to be fascinating to see your blossoming as you come to know just how much a house of cards those fears have been. I can see that. (laughs) All right. Now I can see it and I can now, my little wheels are turning. Well, how could I do this? And Rick and I are talking, well, you could do this or you could do that. And like you were saying with Tanya, it gives you a certain different energy because lights a fire under your rear and you get excited about it. <laughs> Good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad we have found the one and only person left on the planet who has squished their dreams because they were just too afraid to go after their dreams. We finally found that one person. Whew, yes. Excellent. <laughs> Number two, I got the fear too. <laughs> Marsha, there's two people. Oh my God, can you believe it? <laughs> I okay. am never gonna stop being hungry. I know, once I'm satisfied, I'm gonna be hungry for even more because I know, as a human being, I'm supposed to keep evolving and growing. If I ever decide to stop growing or changing or learning, then the very essence of life isn't as grand anymore. 
it's not as interesting when you just sit idle or when I just sit idle. And it's both a dual-edged sword because with that hunger comes great responsibility and comes some drama sometimes and turmoil. And, but I think it's up to us to define how that plays itself. Am I going to let life stop just because others may have stopped living around? No. I have a deep hunger in me anyway of all the stuff I've conquered. My goal on this planet is to conquer all the obstacles in front of me, all the challenges in front of me, and to give others that strength and say, look, you don't have to be a sheep. You can be a wolf. You can take what's yours. As long as you're not hurting anybody else, you're going to have no bad karma. Go for it. I know that this world would be such a better place if people weren't satisfied with the status quo. And that's the truth. One example I like to reflect on when I talk about this. You look at how we sent people to the moon. That accomplishment alone is monumental. The moon, space travel, these types of things as human beings. Look at professional athletes, for crying out loud. The obstacles they overcome to become the best because they never stop pushing themselves. I will always push myself. No matter how I feel, I will push myself to be the best because that's what I expect from myself. That hunger is what drives success. If you don't have that and you're not salivating for it with all of your being, you'll give up. I ask myself, what am I hungry for every day? Success, happiness, prosperity, love, compassion. I want to change the world. You can't do that if you put down your sword and stop fighting. No one's going to listen to you. So I hope that that inspires some people listening tonight. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. When I came to you folks and said, hey, can we talk? It was started as a chat, correct? Yes. So I'm just wondering, it's as simple as starting a chat with somebody. Even if you go for three or four people even five people a day, to just go send them a quick chat and see how they're doing. And start that little chat and ask them if you can talk to them. Once you get that done, you're stuck. They're going to say yes. And once they say yes, you feel that fear for that minute, you get on the phone and you talk to them, you might feel that fear, but hey, you have started it in motion. The divine is working with you, in you. So as much work as you're accomplishing to reach your goals, it starts with reaching out to talk to somebody because you never know where that's going to go, where that's going to take it, as I experienced when I started talking to all you folks. Marcia, is this an accurate statement? The moment you let your analyzer go and you embraced, hugged, and smooched your explorer, <laughs> you were able to reach out and start that chat with far less fear? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hint, hint, everybody. Hint, hint. Go give your <laughs> explorer a hug today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can rule my life now instead of everybody else. <laughs> Good that's for you, what, Carl. That's what's coming through. 
I now have an inner being, and I need to nurture that inner being because I never knew he was there, and now he's there. Hey, how you doing? It's funny how our divine self can do anything when we want to do it bad enough. Anything. Time to close this class. What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder, are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers, Team Captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom. Aloha. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.